You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. And it is good. And today we are in Philippians chapter 3. So if you've got your Bibles there, jump over to Philippians 3. We are going to unpack 14 verses of Scripture today. Love it. I'm loving this. Some of you just like the fact that I read 14 verses in a row. Kate Baker, I know that you're like, yes, he's doing it again. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy called Kanye West. Anyone? Anyone ever heard of that guy? Because he's kind of, he's had a bit of a turnaround. You know, he's, he's a fairly popular guy in the world. Uh, he's got a fairly famous wife, Kim Kardashian. She's fairly famous. Uh, and they got some really interesting names for their kids, eh? Like one of their kids' names is Chicago, um, Saint you know, I, I didn't quite have the faith to name one of my kids saints. Uh, <laughs> uh, North, I love, I love their kids' name North because their surname is West, Northwest. And like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'm liking that. That's real good. And then one of their kids' names is Psalm, as in the book of Psalms, Psalm. That's really cool. Uh, he's sold a couple of records in his time, 140 million. He's won 21 Grammy Awards, has 32 million monthly listeners on Spotify. His new album is called Jesus is King, and it just topped Apple Music in 90 nations around the world. It's number one on Spotify right now and on Amazon, and this week was trending number one on Twitter as well. So he's, he's kind of a big deal. And he's doing a pretty crazy thing. And this new album has had 250 million streams online already. And it was released about two weeks ago. Uh, in January of this year, Kanye started doing something a little different. He started doing this thing called Sunday services. And he would meet, they would meet in a different location. He would invite celebrities to come and started to invite the public to turn up to these places. And they, how crazy is this? They would meet in a new venue every week. It was like, come to uh, Alabama this week and come to, you know, California this week. And no, 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 we're going to meet in Chicago now. And he was just doing the rounds once every, uh, and I'm not sure how often it was, I think it was every week. And celebrities in the public would come and they would listen to gospel versions of his songs and songs from other artists. And, And then they would listen to a gospel message of Jesus Christ. Not even kidding. I know. I had to do, I've read a bunch of articles this week. I've been looking into this because I'm like, is this for real? Like, it really? And a lot of Christians are like super skeptical, like, mm, I'm not sure yet. We'll just have to wait and see, right? As if we were the ones to judge him, right? Uh, I, I read an, an article this week by Sean Boltz. I'm not sure if, you, if you've heard of him. He's got a powerful prophetic voice. He attended one of his services. I've seen him this week on Jimmy Kimmel and on Airpool Karaoke. It's normally called Carpool Karaoke, but they couldn't fit the, the choir of 100 people in a car. So they just took up an airplane and did it up there, right? 
uh, with James Corden. Every single thing that I am reading and hearing and interviews with him says to me that he has had a very real encounter with Jesus Christ. It's still raw, it's still early, it's still a little bit funky. He still thinks he's the greatest artist that ever lived. Okay, sure, sure. But I got a few issues of my own. So am I going to point? No. Right? It's not perfect, but it's real. And isn't that what we're looking for? You know? And I think that Christians, you know, we're the first to go, oh, God can save everyone. God can do miracles. And when someone like this gets saved, we go, oh, I don't think so. Can God do miracles and save anyone or not? Right? Anyway, he, and, and this is a guy who has everything he could ever want. Everything. He has millions of devoted fans across the world. Right? He has the most famous beautiful woman as his wife. He has more money than he could ever need. Right? He's got four children. He has global recognition of his achievements, his art, and his fashion. And yet, he still suffers from addictions. And yet, he still is empty inside. And now, he has discovered something that is greater than all of those things. It's Jesus. Only Jesus. And now he's got a far more deeply satisfying inner world because he has Jesus, who is now king of his life, so much so that in the first year of his faith, he's going to release an album to the world called Jesus is King. Like it or hate it, I, I kind of think it's pretty cool. I like it. I've, I've been listening to it without, you know, feeling the pressure of listening to it. I, I, I kind of like it. So, And what we're going to read today in Philippians is a very similar story of, of the Apostle Paul, who in Jewish circles, Paul had everything. Paul was at the top of his game. Paul was the most religious of all religions. Of, of the Jewish faith, he was at the absolute top. He did everything right, and yet he still was empty inside. He still needed Jesus Christ to reveal himself to him. Okay, chapter three. A bit of background to this section. Paul, as we know, is writing this from prison. He is uh, he's talking it out and that there's a scribe who is writing it down for him, right? He's writing a letter of friendship to the Philippians who he loves dearly. They have supported him in massive ways. And so this is a part of the letter that we're reading today that is very personal and very passionate. Paul is, very, Paul is opening up here. He's getting really personal, but he's, gonna, he's, he's really fired up at this point as well. Because for him, what we're about to read is a critical issue that he's dealing with because it's at the center of Christian existence. All right? So I feel like in the spirit today, there's going to be a shift in how you see what God has done for you. I feel like there's going to be a shift away from leaning into the religion side of faith and more leaning into the relationship side of faith because that's what Paul's talking about. Because of, for him, if he doesn't deal with this problem in Philippi, the, 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 the living out of the gospel in the city of Philippi is at risk. 
And Paul is like, we've got to deal with this, all right? Because it's all about Jesus, okay? So I'm reading from uh, Philippians 3, chapter 1 to 14, sorry, chapter, chapter 3, verse 1 to 14. I'm reading from the New International Version, the NIV. All right, ready? Cool, let's do it. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I love that. It is no trouble for me to write the same thing to you again, and it's a safeguard for you. This is what he's saying. Watch out for those dogs. Whoa. Back up the truck, Paul. Those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision. That's a weird thing to say. We who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. Paul was putting people to death. That's how zealous he was for his faith, we'll call it that. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. That's happening right now. Uh, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Whoa, whoa. Ah, God, would you reveal yourself to us today? Would you reveal something fresh? Would you set us free today? in a new way? Would you replace old mindsets in, in, our, in our thinking, in our soul? And would you help us to walk with you and press on towards those things today in Jesus' name? Amen. All right, pull myself together, folks. Woo, here we go. What is of absolute importance that you and I need to totally get today? Number one, I haven't got my points on screen, but you can write this down. Write this down. Only Christ as my foundation. Only Christ 
as my foundation. Paul is laying out right here in the first kind of seven verses the, the, the foundation of salvation for the Philippians. And throughout his ministry, uh, we're going to read a little bit from it in a sec, but throughout his ministry, he'd come up with, uh, into opposition with these people called the Judaizers. And in, in here, he's saying from verse 3, uh, from, sorry, verse 2, he says, watch out for those dogs. What? Those are evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. <laughs> right, oh, hang, hang on, hang on, this is Scripture. <laughs> right, Paul, you allowed to go there, mate. Uh, but he's, he's, he's angry. Because these guys are undermining the basis of faith itself, of life in Christ. These guys are undermining it. And, and these, are, these are Christians. The Judaizers were Christians, but they were, in Paul's absence, they were in the church at Philippi going, you still got to be circumcised in the flesh to be saved. You want to keep your salvation? you still got to do all the stuff from the old law. And Paul's like, whoa, whoa, that's, that's really bad. Those guys are evil. Whoa, they have to, you have to keep doing the old customs in the new covenant? No way, no way. You're undermining, these guys are undermining the basis of faith in Christ itself. And these are all Gentiles. These are Christian Gentiles. These aren't Jews. They're all Gentiles. None of them are circumcised. They're all freaking out going, <laughs> really? I got a book in for that? <laughs> right? They're telling them, you've got to follow these laws to stay safe. Because the conversation around this circumcision thing, and it's all back from the covenant from, that God made with Abraham on, in Genesis 17. Because the sign of the covenant, the sign of the old covenant was physical circumcision. And, you, and these guys are like, you've got you to go and get done so you can stay saved. And Paul knows this is such a slippery slope. Because it starts out as grace, and it's like, oh man, God, God's so good. It's all grace. It's grace. It's grace. And then they're like, but hang on, you got to do the works to keep the grace. Oh, oh, really? Okay, that's weird. And then all of a sudden, it's just religion. It's just task. It's just works. And now I'm working for my salvation instead of working from my salvation with great freedom, with great joy, with great fullness. And this, and this is the problem that we still face today is that we, 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 we forget that it's all grace. And we go, and you know, you serve in church and you spread, you know, some good news about Jesus and you do a few good deeds and you're starting to feel pretty good about yourself. And now you're starting to rest on your deeds as opposed to resting on your on his grace. And then if you if you just keep it up and you don't have grace as the focus, you're just going to end up in religion. Where there's not much of a relationship with Christ. There's not much going on except you're doing a lot and you're earning in your mind, in your eyes, you're earning God's approval. You're earning your faith, you're earning. And Paul's like, "Whoa, guys, these guys are like dogs." because they are ripping out the grace carpet from under you. I mean, Paul is like, I, 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 I've been there. 
guys, I, I was the best religionist. I was the best religious guy ever. Look at my credentials. Look at, look at me. Look at me. I was the top of the list, and I was still empty and lifeless. I needed Jesus to, to reveal himself to me, and I was at the top of the game. So we're not justified before God because of what we do. That's like a religion-based faith. Works-based, that's not how it works. This is a relationship-based faith that's all grace, right? It's not my works. It's not my service. It's not my behavior. It's not my worship, okay? It's not singing songs on Sunday. It's not staying away from certain sins or certain movies or certain TV shows. Oh, no, no, I'm good. I'm good because I didn't watch that thing. <laughs> Those Christians think that, they, that they're so good, but I, I. No, it's not signing up to every team or becoming an intercessor or a pastor or an evangelist or a disciple maker or a big group leader. It's not any of those things, all right? None of those things can get you righteous. None of those things can get you into heaven. It can't earn you a relationship with God. You can't Score yourself a seat at the table because of any of those things or anything else. It's not works. That all flows, they're all good things. Maybe not sign up to everything. They're all good things, but they're meant to flow from the place of relationship. Not to earn my seat at the table. It's all grace. My confidence like Paul is like saying right here, my confidence is in one thing, Christ alone. Christ alone. Paul's like, I have no confidence in the flesh. He's like, there's no confidence in what I can do for God to earn it. My goodness, geez, I'm so good today. I've been so good. I did all these good things. My altruism, my philanthropy, look at what, look at how great I am. You know, I've devoted my life to helping people. Whoa, check it out. When I get to my deathbed, I'm going to be feeling pretty good about my life. None of that. None of that earns you a place in heaven. None of that gets your sins forgiven. None of it. This is why worship is so powerful. Because I get reminded every week, I didn't earn my way here. <laughs> you know, you turn up to church and sometimes you've had a bad week and sometimes things are going on and you're like, yeah, but this happened and this, oh, it's all grace. Mm, good point, right. And I just keep getting reminded that He is for me and He loves me and I didn't earn my way here at all. Right, my confidence is in Christ alone. Solus Christus, Christ alone. I don't know if you've ever heard of the five sole. If you ever do theology, you'll, you'll come up against it. There's five, there's what we call five sole. There's solus scripturis. I'll, I'll say them in English to help us out. Scripture alone. Faith alone. Grace alone. I can't put my fourth finger up. Uh, Christ alone. Glory to God alone. Scripture reveals it's only by faith, it's only by grace, it's only through Christ, it's all for the glory of God. Five sole, S-O-L-A-E, if you want to look them up, all right? It's Christ only. It's the only way I can get there, right? 
And so, like, we talk about things like rest. You know, a couple of years ago, we're all like, rest, 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 rest. You know, this is how we, we live from a place of rest. Every July, we have like a month of rest. This is why. Because Christ is my foundation. I didn't, I didn't have to keep earning my way and, you know, working my way. Oh, that's all right. I can rest eventually. No, 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 no. If I, if I do enough, then I can rest. No, 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 no. You live from a place of rest because Christ is your foundation. It's all done for you. And then we operate from this beautiful freedom, this beautiful life, this beautiful place where we have more than I need on the inside. I don't just have to have, I don't just want more than I need on the outside. I want more than I need on the inside. My rest is found in this foundation of Christ alone. My security is the same. This is why you can be secure. You don't have to battle insecurity every day of your life because you can rest on His finished work. I don't have to be insecure because I'm, am I going to get saved? Am Am I doing enough? Oh my goodness. And some of us walk around with this fear on the inside of us that if you die tomorrow, will you be saved? You know what? If Jesus is your Lord and your Savior and your friend, that's it. That's it. Right? You don't, everything else is, is awesome, is wonderful, is cream on the top. Jesus is the cake. There you go, tweet that. I don't know. Because it's not about me earning it, it's about what Christ has finished. Right? I don't get right with God because I'm good. I get right with God because He's good. And He revealed it to me out of His grace. I don't even get to boast about my own faith. Paul says, we boast in Christ. Where is it? Verse 2, verse 3, verse 3, who boasts in Christ Jesus. That's my boast. I don't get to boast that I'm so good. Yeah, I've been in ministry for 17 years. <laughs> That's got to get me a seat at the table. Nope. <laughs> We're all in the same boat. We're all lost without Christ. It's Christ alone, right? And so the Judaizers are like, no, 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 guys. No, 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 no. You have to get circumcised and then we'll show you the other list. Once you've done the first thing, then we'll give you the other list. And once you've got the other list, well, it's just beginning for you then. Mm, mm. Paul's like, get them out. Get them out. Get the voice out of your ears. Paul is like, I already did all that. I was better at than everyone, and it got me nowhere. And he, he, here's the real issue. The Judaizers are making it about the security of their salvation. And Paul's saying, actually, you just need to identify yourself with Christ. I'm a child of God. We sing a song. I am a child of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And half of us are going, I am a child. I'm not a child. What the? Get the point, people. He made me his child. And everything's changed. Everything's different now. All right? It's Christ alone. Point two. I'm, I'm doing good. Woo! If... Christ is my foundation, point one, then I can know Christ as my friend. I'm trying to keep some alliteration flowing here. Right? The foundation of Christ in my life 
enables me to have a relationship with God that is not based on what I do, but it's based on what He has finished. Okay? That means that you have a freedom of connection. There's a freedom of connection with God. He's like, the door's always open. You can pray continually, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, right? Pray anytime you like. I'm here. You can be stuck in a jam or you can be in the shower. You can be anywhere. You can be waking up, falling asleep, right? Any time of the day, you wake up in the middle of the night and your brain is churning over a bunch of things, he's there. There's this freedom of connection. There's a freedom of intimacy. You can keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper with him. And that's, where, that's what he wants for us. It's his freedom because I don't have to continually earn it, right? If I had a bad day yesterday, I can still talk to Jesus. If I went off at my kids yesterday, I can still talk to Jesus. If I had a, you know, if I'm going through a funk, I can still talk to Jesus, right? If my marriage is in trouble, if my finances are a bit wrecked up, I can still talk to Jesus, right? Because it's not, if I, if I didn't turn up, if I let the team down, I can still talk to Jesus, right? Because it's not about what I do. It's not about my status or my level or my achievements or anything. It's all, that's all later. Before, it's all Christ. Christ is the foundation. Then I can continue to have this freedom of relationship. Let's read verse 8. It says, uh, what is more, whoa, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Whoa. I consider them garbage that I might gain Christ and be found in Him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, and this is weird, Paul. Like what? Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participate in His sufferings? I would have left that out. I would have been like, if I was the scribe, I would have been like, do you really want to put that in? He's like, yes, yes, yes. Write it down. <laughs> your loss. Right? Your gain, really. Participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul is like, he's like all Christ. He's like, I want to know him fully. I want to know him so much that give me some of the suffering because that's going to draw me closer. Give me some of the pain. Like, I never say this. I, I'm never like, yeah, God, bring on the pain, baby. Mm-hmm. I can handle it. I'm always like, okay, can we just back off a little bit? Can we just like relieve the pressure just a little bit? That'd be great. I'm always like, less pain, less pain. You know, like, no more. Right? Paul's like, no, I, I, I'm in prison, but I could use a bit more. You know, I've got my hand shackled. I've got my, I've got my arm shackled to this guard. Who smells? I could, I could bring it on. 
because for him, it's about knowing Christ. And there's something that is unlocked in our world when we suffer that we turn to Christ. Okay, here's a little tip for you, okay? If you suffer and don't turn to Christ, the, the whole suffering is pointless in your world. The whole thing that you just went through is of no eternal value to you because you didn't turn to the one who can save you or you didn't turn to the one who can meet you inside of your suffering. You didn't grow in your relationship with God as a result of your pain. So you gotta, you got to craft that road. you got to build that thing in so that when you begin to suffer, you, you turn to Christ. You turn to God. You go, Father, what is going on here? Holy Spirit, help me to see what's happening here. And then, and then Paul's like, everything else, everything else in comparison to knowing Christ is like just refuse. It's like filthy garbage. It's like garbo juice. It's like, you know, the, you know when you're emptying out the bag and you're running it to the bin and it's dripping and you're like, oh, blah, blah. You know, some of you are gagging on the way. You know, and you're running. That's what everything else is like. The pinnacle of life, the best things that this world have to offer you is like garbage juice compared to knowing Christ. Right? Kanye is like, I've got everything. I don't have to worry or work another day in my life. I could buy an island if I wanted to and do nothing. I could binge watch everything for the rest of my life and I would be fine. And he's like, no, actually, Christ is better. God, see, God doesn't just save you and redeem you and make you holy and give you uh, an eternal future in heaven. He gives you an invitation to know Him. He's not just like, oh, here you go, Mark. Great. Uh, there's all the salvation. Good job. Moving on. God's like, here's all the salvation. Come, let's walk. Come, come on, come on. Because this is, this is the greatest future that you could have. Like, come, let's walk because I want to know you. And I want you to know me. God just doesn't apply the faith and apply the salvation and just chuck out these grace bombs everywhere. The grace comes with an invitation to know Him personally. It's so good. Paul's like, Jesus, my Lord. It's, it's personal for Paul. He's like, it's like he, he's my Lord and my Savior and my friend, right? He, Paul's like, I didn't just get the most amazing gift of salvation. I got to know the giver of this salvation, right? It's not like just knowing the, the verses. It's not just knowing the, the moral lessons. It's not just, you know, turning up. Right? It's not just knowing the songs and raising your hands at the right time. And everyone else is, oh, it's time. And the, the bridge is finished, so we're down. Oh no, I don't know because everyone's doing their own thing. How do I know? Right? It's not just, it's not just doing the right thing at the right time. It's about knowing Christ. Yeah. 
It's about knowing him. It's about walking every single day with this friend and this Savior and this Lord. God's just not like, here, there you go, there you go. You're off and running. He's like, let's run together. Let's journey. You're suffering. Christ is suffering with you. The Holy Spirit feels what you're feeling. I find this so difficult, though, because it's so intangible. You know, I can do a Bible reading plan. Yeah, tick that off. Tick. Oh, I'm good now. I did my Bible reading plan. Oh, but knowing Him, right. Whoa, that's, that's different. Because I can walk around before the kids get up, speaking in tongues. I can feel His presence. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's really great. Mm, you're here. It's awesome. But He's like, oh, no, no, no. Actually, Darren, you might just want to shut your eyes for this. Because I want to know you. And when you close your eyes, and when it's just you and him, that's the space that he wants to bless you, speak with you, touch your life. How do you go when it's just you and him and you close your eyes? Because I can pray all day in the car. That's, that's easy. All i got to do is think of one of you, and now I'm thinking of all of you, and I can pray all day. No joke. But is that knowing him? Paul had unlocked something that was like, whoa, this is better than anything I ever experienced. And Christ has fulfilled everything to make it all happen. Imagine you're like your, your closest relationship, right? Your, your best friend. If you're married, that should be your spouse. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Right? And, and you, you go to have a chat with your best friend, and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Mm -mm. You, we, we, can't, we can't talk today because you didn't do the thing that I asked you to do. No, 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 we can't chat. We can't. Nope. Just go and do the thing first, and then that will unlock the door to have a chat. We can't have friendship without you fulfilling the thing I asked you to do. Imagine if your friendship was like that. And yet that's what we think God does to us. We think that God's there going, uh, not today, because... You haven't spent any time in worship to me. You haven't read your Bible for at least, yeah, you know, it's bad. It's real bad. And uh, you haven't prayed for five friends or witnessed lately. And frankly, the sin is not great. So we're just going to put a pause on that until you can get to the point of repentance. And you know what that means, lots of crying. Like, that's, that's what we think God wants from us before we get to connect. And actually, it's more like the father in the story of the prodigal son. 
The Father is looking and waiting and anticipating and excited because He knows the Son's going to be coming home soon. The Son's going to be coming home soon. It's going to be awesome. And then He sees the Son in a far off and He's like, yes! And He runs to the Son and embraces Him. That's more like what God is like with you when you wake up every single morning. Here we go. Come on, come on. Oh, it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. You know, not like a, not like a, a puppy dog because that, that's just how that came across, right? <laughs> that's not how I see God. God's more like, let's do this. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm willing. Come on, come on. Let's, let's chat. Let's go deep. Let me show you something. Let's walk. Come on, come on. He's excited. He's hungry. He's keen. This is why, you're starting to see why this is so important to Paul? Because Paul's like, don't you dare make it about rules and religion. Don't you dare. These evil dog Judaizers, they are shifting the entire thing. Whoa, all I need is Christ as my foundation. And then I can truly know Him personally. Daily, every hour, every minute, every second, he's there. Paul continues. I got like five minutes. Ready? We're going to do the whole third point in five minutes. Right? Verse 12. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. I love that verse. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, some of you need to forget some stuff, and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Whoa. What do you need to press on to take hold regardless of? What do you need to press on to take hold regardless of. You've got a lot, of, a lot of stuff happening. Regardless of that, what's the thing that God is, is saying, keep pressing on? Press on for this. Press on for this. Press on for breakthrough. Press on for fruit. Press on for, for, for transformation. Press on for your own maturity. Press on for your family. Press on for the sake. Press on for Christ. Press on for the kingdom. Press on and build the church. Press on. What is He saying to you? That which Christ took hold of me. As a, there's a few things in that list, but I've broken that down to two. So I can be with Him now, and I can be with Him for eternity. You can pretty much put everything in that category. Firstly, let's look at the now. So that in this life, Christ died to bring me fullness, overflow, abundance. That's not just all reserved for later because regardless of my physical, financial, relational state, I can have a fullness on the inside, right? My external doesn't need to dictate my internal, okay? Because my foundation is Christ, right? To bear fruit, there's breakthrough, there's transformation, there's healing, there's deliverance, there's fruit bearing that needs to happen. That doesn't like Jesus talked about a life to the full, that doesn't mean my calendar is jammed, right? That means that there's an overflow of life happening from the inside of me and it just keeps eking out everywhere. 
That's life to the full. There's a life of Christ that is inside of me, right? Secondly, this life is not the only thing that we have. There's a next life, right? And this is what Paul's also talking about. And um, Pastor Jez shared this, uh, this earlier. I can't remember if it was the prayer or, no, it was in communion. Is this unknown when we die. What is this unknown thing? What's gonna happen to me when I leave this earth? And you and I walk around confident with an assurance that I'm going to heaven. There's an assurance with us, right? Life with Christ now, life with Christ later, right? Enjoying everything that God has to offer us in heaven, right? I don't have to, I don't have time to tell you my thoughts on heaven, but you know, it's, <laughs> uh, that's going to take a long time. Um, actually, it probably would take five minutes. But anyway, anything less than pure joy, relationship, connection, adventure, fun, is you, and you're really selling heaven short. A lot of worship, a lot of enjoyment, a lot of intimacy, a lot of fun. But Paul's like, I haven't, twice he says this, I haven't yet fully taken hold of this. I like that because now I'm relating to you, Paul. Now I'm like, oh, good, good. He's using language here that you would use in the Olympics for running. He says, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize. He's like, nothing's gonna stop me from having Christ as my future. Can you guys come up for us? That'd be awesome. Um, because for Paul, it's all Christ. And heaven is not just a great place of fun and freedom and joy and adventure and life and connection. Heaven is about where Paul gets Christ fully and completely. And he's pretty happy with that. You think, of, you think of the best kind of heaven. Even the kind of heaven that you think, that's probably a little bit selfish. You think of the best kind of heaven. And when you get there, Jesus is going to be better than all that. You're going to be like, oh man, I walked with you in my life on earth. This is, this is beyond anything I could imagine. And that's what Paul is saying. The goal he's talking about, to win the, toward the goal, to win the prize. You know what the prize is? It's Christ. Christ alone. That's it. That's everything. Simple and as powerful and as wonderful as that. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just thank you so much for illuminating Christ today as you do so well. Glorifying Christ in front of us today. Unlocking this scripture for us today.
I sense that there's some people today who you've, you've, you've really you've locked, it, you've locked it back into religion. It's become more about the do than it is about the who. And it's time to go back to where you started. It's time to regain your first love. It's time to go back to Christ and make it all about Him. Because He is the one who unlocks everything inside of you. He is the one who journeys with you towards the fullness, towards the freedom, towards this space of intimacy and friendship with Him. And for you right now, this is a, this is a moment where your foundation is shifting foundation of your faith has moved. There's been like a seismic movement underneath the surface and you're now trusting what you do as opposed to trusting what He's done. It's time to move it back. If that's you, I just want you to every eye closed, just lift your hand in this place as an act of worship. You might want to lift both hands in this place right now. I'm shifting it back to you, Jesus. Only you. Only you. Only you. Only you. Jesus. Yep. See your hands. That's good. That's good. It's not about what you can do to earn. It's about what He's finished for you. He's saying, come to me, come to me, come to me. Come and walk with me. Come and talk with me. Come and watch what we can do when we're in this together. So I just declare over everyone who raised their hands, just a new day in your walk with Jesus, a new intimacy, a new friendship, level of life and joy on the inside of you. Fresh peace and fresh security. Not always wondering, not always scared, but secure. At rest. Because Christ is yours and you're His. If you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and friend. Please talk with me after the service. I'd love to have a chat. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.